From WRAL News, this is How to Commit Journalism, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Each week, we bring you the backstory behind the big story, taking you into our journalistic process here at WRAL News. We have many new headlines to tell you. Guidance on how to respond to this virus is changing all the time. Already, many of our businesses and institutions have altered their hours or they are closed. Today, the Dow closed below 20,000 for the first time in three years. Today, the president also announced plans to invoke the Defense Production Act, a wartime declaration meant to allow private sector industries to respond. In some parts of the country, residents have been asked to shelter in place. The state's health director also added pregnant women to the high-risk category for control. Contracting COVID-19. We're living in unprecedented times. The new coronavirus, COVID-19, is changing the very way we live our lives. At first, it was sports. No NBA, no NCAA tournament. Hockey and baseball followed suit. Then it became more serious. Schools are closed now. For two or three weeks, they say, but really, we don't know how long it'll last. The governor of North Carolina ordered all restaurants and bars to close to customers. They can still do takeout and delivery. But there's a hush as you drive through the streets of Raleigh now, as you walk around your neighborhood. Different businesses are handling things differently. And today, we're going to talk about how this company and this station, WRAL and Capital Broadcasting, are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic both as a news station and as an employer. I'm Ashley Talley, Enterprise Executive Producer at WRAL, and today I'm talking with our general manager, Joel Davis. Like last week, we're discussing the conversations that are going on behind the scenes about covering coronavirus. You've been in news for a long time. You've been here for a couple of years, but you spent many years in other parts of the country. Have you ever covered anything like coronaviruses? Or if not, what what comes closest? The, the quick answer is no. This story is unique, Ashley, in that there are things that have been one-time shocks to the psyche of the country and so forth. I go back to 9-11, for instance, and what it did to the, the psyche of the country and, and the business community that took a pause and how advertising came to a halt and people spending money uh, dipped dramatically and it impacted the economy. Um, this one is unique, though. It's it's something that's harder to get a finger on as to when it could have direct impact on you and your family, um, and it will uh, it could end up with someone in your family ill. It could end up with yourself ill, um, and at the same time, it, it's resulting in hundreds of layoffs across the triangle already, with people with restaurants closed, hotels not being filled up. Um, the implications and the ripples from it are something that I have not seen before, and I'm very hopeful once we get uh, at least a month into this and we get you know make attempts to lessen the the peak on this by the actions that are being taken in this country that things start to return to some semblance of normalcy. We can only hope, but I would agree that it's just we're in unprecedented times right now. Um, you. As general manager, manage not just the newsroom, but our sales department, our marketing department, our digital department, all of these different aspects. Um, 
we talked, I talked last week when I was talking with our assistant news director and our, our digital content manager about the intentionality with which WREL approaches coverage. I want to talk about what the company is doing. But first of all, you're leading a lot of those conversations. What is at the forefront of your mind as you talk about how WREL, how we present the news right now and what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing? I think it's, it's really critical to focus on facts. You see so many uh, emails going around with information from people saying, hey, did you hear about this with coronavirus? You see things on social media with people talking about it. Um, it's really easy to get carried away and uh, not focus on where is that information coming from? Is it truly factual? What is the best we know? And so we've actually expanded our newscast by adding additional time in the early evenings with specials at 7 o'clock each night, adding a half hour to 11, our 11 p.m. news to make sure we have lots of venues for in-depth discussion with uh, the experts and people in our community who know the facts and making sure that we are spending a lot of time getting that out there and repeating the key points over and over so people have information that is truly fact and science-based uh, in an environment where it's easy to get carried away if that's not the case. Other than adding these new newscast periods, what else do you see WRAL doing that um, maybe other stations across the country aren't doing, aren't able to be doing, or something that we're really focused on that you don't necessarily see everywhere? Well, one of the things is uh, making sure being a family-owned company and being so deeply involved in this community for decades. Um, there is, you know, it, it's personal, the impact that it's having on some local businesses. So we've really been working this week to figure out how we can play a role in making sure some of these workers and businesses that are being impacted so immediately can get some relief. Sounds like the, the government is certainly taking steps towards doing the, the same thing. But, you know, there are people out there now who aren't going to be getting paychecks. And we want to make sure there's something being done, and we hope to have some things to uh, to jump on very shortly that uh, will be able to involve our viewers in making sure they have a chance to show how they care for the community as well. One of the great things about the Triangle is we come to each, out, each other's support when is needed. We've seen it time and time again. And part of our job is just to make sure we quickly provide venues for that to happen. That's interesting because, you know, in my role, I'm so focused on the news and getting the news done, and it's so it's such a WREL thing to do to also be have people just as focused on the outreach and helping the community. How is Capital Broadcasting as a whole um, and, and you specifically over, you know, the news stations, how are you translating that care for people into making sure that your employees are safe right now? One is making sure that um, all the decisions we make are based on facts and science, too. For instance, I'm sure employers across the, the country are dealing with these issues now when, when an employee says, oh, I've got a scratchy throat. And you, does that mean they should go home? Does that mean they shouldn't come to the office? It's really taking, you know, what do the, the health leaders in our community say is the is fact-based and what should they be doing. And we try to base all our reactions on fact instead of uh, the, the fear of what can be. As you uh, said, we can't, we can't be the, doctors, right? <laughs> right. We, and, 
Hey, I often say when somebody brings me a, a self-diagnosis, say, listen, I am not a doctor. I cannot tell you whether that is something you should be not reporting to work to. I need you to check with your medical provider and provide them the information and make a decision with them. Um, I think a lot of people come wanting some help making those decisions, and we're not in that role. So we need to, to funnel them to the right places and say, you know, if you're it's very clear if, if you meet the, the guidelines the CDC has presented, if you're running a fever, you have the dry cough, that sort of thing, you can't be at work. But if you've got one of those three things, so you have a dry cough, well, it's the heart of pollen season, and that could be what's causing your throat to dry up. So you need to get medical advice to determine what it is and then get cleared to, to come to work if that's what you're dealing with. So it's making sure that they are being directed to resources, but also knowing, I think part of what comes with, with being at Capital is that the this company has done a remarkable job in, in its history of making sure the employees are cared for and that we take care of each other during tough times. And, you know, as news people, we're used to being 24-7 in the newsroom. When things are happening, you know, we spend the night during hurricanes in our offices coronavirus has been going on for several weeks now, several months now, I guess. Um, we started off with making sure that people were cleaning their desks off, that we had Clorox wipes. And that has gradually gotten more and more, um, has changed things more and more. Can you kind of talk through that process and how it began one place and we're in a completely different place now? Yeah, and it's amazing how far we've come in just a week, isn't it? Um, you know, it was it was last Thursday, I believe it was, when you know, March Madness was being canceled and all these things, the NBA canceled play, and it, it just uh, gone, and the ripple effects have been so quick um, from those announcements last week. Um, so it started around the office as um, putting out extra hand sanitizer and wipes. We've now got thermometers by the front door, outside the front door, so that if you're coming and you feel iffy at all, you can uh, get a thermometer and it, there those... Uh, touch-free thermometers that you can aim at your head and see what your temperature is um, so that people can get reassured because this is one of those things where you may be perfectly fine and then your head starts playing tricks on you a little bit. It's like, hmm, do I, am I feeling some aches and pains? Am I not? And we want to make sure that we at least have the tools in place to let people know, hey, I, I do or do not have a fever um, so that they know if they need to not be in the workplace and not be around coworkers. And on top of that, you know, besides the hand sanitizers and that sort of thing going out, we've got social distancing taking place to an extreme. So we have people spread across the campus. Um, our morning news crew is kept in a separate part of the building than the evening news crew. They use different control rooms. And I think the all of us would be surprised and very grateful if no one on staff ever got exposed to this illness. What we're planning for is if someone is, that we've placed crews enough so that everybody is exposed to it for sure, and that um, if there is any kind of a ripple effect like we've seen in other communities like New York, that uh, it spreads out, that you've done it in such a way that um, people may deal with it at different times and you're not going to have an entire crew dealing with it. So at one time, you, you do these preventive measures in a way that you plan for the worst, and by planning for the worst, you hopefully make the situation from ever becoming anything like what it could be. 
Coming up next, Joel explains how the reaction to coronavirus has evolved over the past several weeks and months. It's important, I know, that that you and Rick talk about this, our news director, Rick Gall, um, because we're bringing people information. And so we can't have our entire, you know, anchor team and producers all all go down. Um, I thought, you know, the, one of the first things we did was we sort of separated my team out, which consists of producers and reporters and photographers, so that, you know, if something were to happen, there's still somebody there who will be doing the news, then separating the um, day side and, and morning crews. And now um, we're, we've gone even further than that. Can you talk about how um, you all decided to employ work from home more? Sure. You know, I think probably uh, 70% of the staff is working from home now. It's more difficult in the on-air television side of things, um, where you've got to have some people who are at the station. But even there, we've, we've come up with things where Cat uh, Campbell will soon be doing weather from home. Um, How does that work, by the way? There are you, you, you use a unit to get live from the house. She has equipment where she can tap into the weather computers and create her the weather graphic that she needs to tell the weather story. Um, you've seen the, the green screen technology that is made so famous by Hollywood, but is also used by weather casters. It's as simple as taking a green sheet and hanging it up, and uh, the computer sees what's green and turns that into the weather map graphic, and she can step in front of that sheet and conduct the weather. Um, it keeps her separated from the rest of the staff and makes sure We've always got two meteorologists who are working from home right now so that if anybody were to get sick away from the station or at the station, they're not exposing each other. Um, same with, with news anchors. You know, We're set up now where we can a news anchor can anchor from home if need be. They can tap into their computer and look at the stories that we have in the queue for that newscast. They can read them over, and then they can go on the air from their home and read those stories. In some cases, it's going to look more remedial than what the, the audience may be used to. But really, in this case, it's, we've got critical information and critical times. We need to be able to deliver that information. And we're going to great lengths to make sure that we have the ability to do so. Obviously, there are a lot of people that go into putting on a newscast that are needed in person. But you've also even um, the production folks that run the cameras and, and audio and things like that they have a separate area, right, so that they don't have to mix very often with, say, the producers and managers in the newsroom. Correct. And, and even with the, uh, the reporters and photographers, they are not coming into the building. They pull up, you know, they may be out in the parking lot waiting to find out what story is being selected, but they're communicating via cell phone or, or computer and do not come into the building where, again, if somebody were to be here sick, they're not going to interact with those people. Or if they were to become sick, they're not bringing that illness into the building. And it, it's social distancing done at every level possible so that we are lessening any impact that could come if one employee were to become ill. Also, I, you know, what you said, it's some broadcasts might be more remedial than people are used to. Um, in the same way that we are used to doing in-person interviews, we also are making an effort to do those more remotely. Uh, can you talk about some technology we're using for that? Yeah, and at the beginning of this, we said, "Listen, you're going to our crews are going to come across stories like Biogen initially, where 
you have a bunch of people at this company exposed. Now, in, in the past, what a news crew would have done is run out to get video of that building, talk to people coming out of the building. In this case, we don't want to have any contact with those people. So we pull file video of the building. We have the chopper fly over it, perhaps. Anytime we talk to the people who work there, we do it via phone or FaceTime or Skype um, and do it virtually so that there's no physical contact with the individuals involved. Um, you know, part of what we do as journalists is we've got to talk to people who are directly impacted by a story like this. But you have to be careful in these cases because those could be people who have had contact with the virus, too. So even simple things like buying uh extension extension arms for our microphones is something we're doing where the reporter can put the microphone on this extension and hold it out six feet away from them and do the interview without getting very close to the individual involved. Have you heard from any of our viewers about not liking any of the production value right now? I've heard nothing. In fact, uh, I, I think in times like this, viewers just want critical information. And one of the, the benefits we have, having the largest news team in North Carolina, there are so many angles to this story every day. And having that many reporters allows us to cover more angles of the story than anyone else at any one time. And I think I've, I've heard from viewers who have a great appreciation for that because they are watching closely. You know, some of our newscasts are seeing ratings right now that are 100% over what they were last year at this time. You've got people who are off work right now. You have people who are have kids home from school. So there's a lot more people at home all day looking for the latest information on a significant, you know, very frequently, uh, multiple times a day, they want updates on what is happening. How many people work in this building? Do you know over what the total is? Related at least to the, to the news side, it's, it's about 150 people um, between our digital platforms and our TV platforms. On top of that, we have our, our sales department, our engineering department, our marketing department as well. So um, you get up over 200 people quickly when you start including the other departments in this. Another thing that I think was an eye-opener to me was when, for the first time, I guess today, right, we're having a couple of producers try working from home. That is like, yep. wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, producers have to be in the building. <laughs> they have to be have access to all this stuff. So it, it's a complicated issue because there's you've got to be able to use your computer systems off property. As you may have heard in other coverage, uh, Monica Liberty did a story the other night on this, that there are many hackers trying to get into systems because they know so many American companies right now are having their workers work from home. So it the risk goes up if you get that many people operating remotely. You know, there have been scams going around where people say, you know, click on this for a coronavirus map, and it is an infection. So you have to be careful. You know the source of everything that's coming in to your email, anything that you'd be opening up. If you don't know the source, delete it. Coming up, Joel talks about the wise words Tom Brokaw once said to him in Saudi Arabia. Producers, as, as you know, Ashley, are the, one of the hardest jobs in television news for those who don't um, know the inner workings of a newsroom. These are the people who determine what stories are going to go into a newscast, uh, write those stories, place them in the order that the anchors will read them. And then during the course of a newscast, when you've got so many live events happening, are constantly moving stories around and adjusting them, building graphics to 
go with those stories. And it's, it's uh, a lot of work that is done in a short amount of time, and they're crucial to putting on a news product. So we're working on having them do this from home in case we get to a point where we do have illness among uh, any of our ranks that we, again, keep the social distancing and keep others from being infected, um, that we can still get product on the air at a, at a critical time. I go back to when, when I was a cub reporter back in uh, around 2000 in the, the first, uh, rather 1990, back in the, uh, the first Gulf War, I was over in Saudi Arabia and we worked out of the same space as NBC News. And so Tom Brokaw was there anchoring the, the nightly news from Saudi Arabia um, as the U.S. was preparing for war with Iraq. And I remember him telling me, you know, we, we talked about the, the dangers of going into a war zone and to the front lines and such. And he said, you know, as, as a journalist, this is the essence of what we do. It is providing critical information at critical times. And sometimes there is personal risk that comes along with that. But most of us in this business have such a passion for delivering that information so others have the information they need to make life decisions that we readily do this and enthusiastically do this. Wouldn't want to be anywhere um, else, right? I mean, Right. We're, we're, at the end of the day, if, if, if this information isn't being provided, just imagine what situation that leaves us in. Who is making these decisions? I mean, is this um, the, the owners, the Goodmans? Is it HR involved? Who's kind of the brain trust that's making the, the big picture decisions? And how often are you talking? The station management team gets together um, virtually now, um, generally once a day. And then the, the news managers get together with the general manager and myself uh, a couple times a day to look at, okay, here's where we stand with where we are in coverage, here are the types of stories we're going to be doing today, here are the kind of things we should be thinking about, here are the elements we want to make sure are included in our coverage, here are the questions we want to be asking, be thorough and think through the story angles that you're going to be covering that day, what questions you want to have asked, and make sure that uh, the reporters play a role then in making sure they're armed with the right information when they go out to get the most compelling data and information that the viewers are going to need. And I would say we, we listen to the viewers too, right? We have, I mean, gobs of emails, dozens and dozens of emails come in every day. And when we start seeing three or four emails come in about the same subject, we know this is on people's minds, this is being talked about, and it does help guide our coverage to a certain extent. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways that, you know, tools that we have now to see where viewers are gravitating on our website. Um, what truly interest them. One of the things we take great pride in here at WREL is um, using that to guide us on some of our stories, but also just deciding journalistically, there may be a story that may not um, end up being the most popular story on the website, but we think it's the right story to do, and we'll pursue that nonetheless. And that's one of the great things about Capital Broadcasting and WREL TV is that it will do what's not popular as well or seemingly popular at the beginning. And our viewers give us great credit for doing what's right, not just sometimes what's easy and what's going to get the most page views. Yeah. Um, You've moved a lot of people outside the building, but I will say you yourself are still here. We're speaking via telephone because you're in your office and I'm in the podcast booth. So, you know, not to be in a small enclosed room together and share germs. But is there a point when you would work from home, do you think? 
Or are you kind of like the Titanic ship's captain, like you're not going anywhere? (laughs) I'll definitely go down with the ship, no (laughs) doubt. Um, But it's funny because my job itself is one that I probably could do work remotely. And what I found this week as we implemented all the virtual meeting protocol is that you usually I'm walking around the building. uh, I, I think the job of a general manager is a little bit to be like a bumblebee. It's to go visit these flowers and it's to go over to these flowers and, and spend some time in each part of the building finding out what people need and how you can help them do their jobs better. Um, with the new protocol we have, you know, we're not doing the wander around the building things right now and all the meetings are happening virtually. So I'm on uh, Skype or FaceTime in my office meeting with other managers and other people around the building or, or at home if they're working from home. And I could be doing that from offsite, um, but I like being where in, in information central, quite frankly, that if, uh, if my health isn't compromised in any way, there's no place else I'd rather be during a time like this. I totally get that. And speaking of which, I know you're very busy. I've taken up a lot of your time already. One last question. Um, we recently, I saw that our marketing department um, put out a, a WREL spot, and it ends with, Gerald Owen saying, we'll get through this together. It gives me chills just saying it, which is kind of silly. But I mean, it it really spoke to me about everything that we're doing here. Um, what do you, what was your thought behind that video? And, um, you know, is it a good summation of, of our efforts here? Yeah, I, I think, especially when you've now, in, in my life, I've been through enough of these things from, uh, the 9-11 attack to the Great Recession, um, you do realize at times it can seem incredibly dire and you wonder, when are we going to come out? And then you see what an amazing country we are and how resilient this country is, and we come out on the other side. And I think it's really important to share that with people at times when it can seem like the darkest hour sometimes, that we are going to get through this. We've been through tough times before. Um, We live in the most incredible place on earth and we will get through this and this too shall pass. And it's just important to remind people of that sometimes when you're in the heart of it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, Is there anything else you want to add or or make sure people know? No, just that, uh, you know, we will be here for the duration. I've talked to the staff a lot about it seems like this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And you know, oftentimes when we do hurricane coverage, it's a sprint. It's it's twenty four to seventy two hours where it's it's nonstop coverage, but then the hurricane is passed and things let up and you are covering aftermath. This one's gonna be a while. And it's important to recognize that that's going to be the case, that we take care of ourselves and of, of each other in our communities and make sure that we're here for the long haul through this. Um, we'll be doing this for several weeks to come before we see uh, this all start to alleviate, I bet I get the sense. Yeah, and, and you were careful in our manager's meeting earlier today to talk about we got to take care of ourselves too. You, you cannot work 21 days straight. You have to give yourself rest as well. I think that's important. Yeah, but I, I think everyone in their lives right now just needs to make sure they're you're taking care of their own health. You don't want to get yourself run down and be susceptible to something that uh, you might be able to fight off otherwise. So uh, all those people who might be listening to this, 
please do that with yourselves as well. Listen to a podcast. Watch some news. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Joel Davis, General Manager. My pleasure. You can get updates day and night on coronavirus by going to WRAL.com. We're keeping the top story on our website, a story that the title is Latest, and there you'll find minute-by-minute updates of what's going on and what's developing with the pandemic. You can also find more episodes of How to Commit Journalism and other podcasts produced by Capital Broadcasting by searching podcast at WRAL.com.